on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. Hey there, folks. Is Elon Musk Twitter's savior or its killer? The tech billionaire and longtime Twitter user's purchase of the platform was one of the most highly anticipated and watched corporate purchases in recent years. The results, though, anything but smooth sailing for Musk and the platform. Advertisers, the main source of income, have a very difficult relationship with Twitter. I'm Aaron Young. Let's get started. Now, from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Welcome. So Elon Musk is a self-described free speech absolutist vowing to put an end to what he sees as divisive cancel culture on the Twitter platform. He reinstated many accounts that have been banned by previous management for violating the platform's terms of use. For example, former US President Donald Trump, who was banned for involvement in the January 6 riots in Washington. He also slashed jobs in many sectors relating to content moderation as well, a decision that many believe has led to a rise in hate speech and pornography on the platform. This, of course, has spooked advertisers. But Musk says recently the platform's on the way back and on the way up. Maybe optimistic thinking, you might think. Now, reports show that Twitter's advertising revenue fell almost 60% through April from the year before. That's a loss of about 90 million US dollars. The company has also reported it regularly fails to meet weekly sales projections, sometimes by as much as 30%. These staff cuts are causing a rise in hate speech as well. That's according to Australia's eSafety Commissioner, which recently labelled the site a bin fire. The commission telling the platform it needs to improve if it wants to continue operating in Australia. But Elon Musk seems to have other things on his mind. Currently, he's recently agreed to hold a cage fighting match with fellow tech billionaire, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. The pair have a lot to spar over, recently exchanging plans for the fight, which if all goes to plan, will be held in the Octagon in Las Vegas. Here to talk about all of this and Musk's various battles in tech is a reporter from The Messenger, Ben Powers. Ben, great to have you here, of course. Um, Interesting to see uh, first this cage fighting battle between Elon Musk and also Mark Zuckerberg. What did you make of that? I mean, I think that's something that everybody thought initially was a joke, and then it suddenly becomes something very real. It is being looked at with both the sense of um, maybe morbid fascination as well as trepidation, just because I really wish we had other places to put our time and energy, but it really does seem kind of par the course for these two you know, titans of the tech industry who both have their egos deeply invested in their products. And this isn't the first time they've you know punched at each other over their various platforms. Yeah, very much so. Um, and as you say, it's kind of like the tech battle that's been waiting to happen there as well. Um, let's talk about the serious issues though facing Twitter, particularly when it comes to advertising. And this happens, we must point out that while advertising for Twitter has been down, advertising across many platforms, including free-to-air television, are down as well. Do you think that the advertising issue is distinctively an issue for Twitter? I think that advertising is down across a lot of different platforms, a lot of different industries. You know, the industry headwinds is the term that you're seeing in a lot of different places as companies cut back. You know, kind of in anticipation of a potential recession, um, that's not necessarily happened, but companies are projecting out and trying to adapt to those sorts of things. That being said, you haven't seen the loss of advertising revenue for a social media site that's as dependent on it as you've seen at Twitter because of this. Because this precipitated and came before some of these quote unquote headwinds were going on. They really did come around the time that Musk started taking over the company and really cutting back on various, you know, 
cost-cutting measures like trust and safety teams and others that we're dealing even with kind of ad execs one-to-one. And so I think this is a unique Twitter issue. Obviously, um, Linda Yaccarino, who just came on as CEO, was kind of hired in part to help address it. But I think this is a problem Twitter is going to keep having because it's really hard to get somebody to buy back into something once they've already dusted their hands of it. Very, very good point. And there's a number of reasons why advertisers might be worried about Twitter, as we say, just as they're worried when, for example, a left leaning or far right leaning news channel goes too far. Advertisers do not want to have their product so close to that kind of content. Is that the issue for Twitter here, do you think? I think that's the issue in part for Twitter, right? There is what are your ads appearing next to? There's a lot of different concerns about that. I think Another issue is the fact that a lot of policymaking at Twitter has been inconsistent. It's been a bit ad hoc. A lot of it is relied around the way that Musk has approached policy on the platform, which is I'm going to tweet about it and then we're going to do it. And there's been talks about, oh, we're going to push to rush out all these products. Some of these have come to light. Some of these have not. And so if you're an advertiser, what you really want is stability and predictability right? You want to know where your product's going to be featured next to you. You want to know the apparatus that you're interacting with. And the ad sales team, in addition to content and safety and moderation and these other areas, was a team that took a big hit. You know, I late last year, I spent a lot of my last year reporting on Twitter and, you know, reporting a lot more on M&As than I thought I might be uh, as a traditional tech reporter. But that being said, you know, I got internal documents from Twitter. That was kind of an FAQ that the remaining team was able to potentially tell to advertisers. And it was saying things like, you know, we don't know how diverse our team is. You know, we don't know exactly what to tell you about a wide variety of issues around particularly content moderation that advertisers might rightly have questions about. And so those concerns are extended. I've spoken to people who are formerly at Twitter. They have since left, but they stuck around for a few months after the acquisition. And sort of just some reasons they were citing were the way it's being run and the sort of hard pivots from thing to thing rather than focusing on a overall goal with a standard trajectory. And we know that advertising was about 90, 90% of the Twitter advertise or Twitter revenue model. Uh, that, if that disappears, is a big problem for Elon Musk. And it sounds like it has, and they don't seem to be rushing back to the platform. That's advertisers. Then there's the whole verification blue checkmark fiasco, which Elon Musk thought might work as a way to raise revenue, obviously selling people uh, blue checks, taking them off people who have been trying to build them up for a very long time. How has that gone, do you think? And has he been able to make enough money from that, from what we know, to be able to, I suppose, deal and, and cover over some of the money lost through advertising? He hasn't. Now that's the bottom line is that it's not nearly been the substitute for the loss of that ad revenue, which was, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars versus, you know, Twitter check blue checks, which are, I think, about $8 a month or something along those lines. People just aren't eager about it. People have actively been trying to figure out ways to kind of get rid of their blue checks to show they didn't pay for it. In some cases, Twitter started reinserting blue checks back into people's accounts, particularly those that are high profile individuals and kind of power users of the platform, as if to say that, look, these people or these celebrities, you know, these high powered kind of content creators are still have a blue check. They still have it. You should get while those people are actively saying, I didn't pay for this. I keep trying to get rid of it. So when it's become something of a bit of a, a red herring or, or, you know, kind of an albatross to bear, I don't think that's a good, you know, a good vibe for this platform generally as people are, you know, looking for other places as well. You know, we're seeing people leave Twitter in some cases, but we're seeing other things pop up. Part of the reason that this cage match uh, has been discussed is because, you know, Meta, uh, Facebook's parent company, is planning on launching a Twitter wow, excuse me, a Twitter clone uh, within Instagram. And that's a 
big reason that these two kind of titans came together in the first place. So the bottom line is that it is not going to uh, happen. You know, just generally, it's not going to take over the revenue lost from ads. And sorry for the faux pas there. That might have been Elon Musk speaking for me, not myself. Given <laughs> that's uh, I think that, that could be uh, <laughs> that, that that could be a platform that advertisers uh, may try to avoid as well. Um, now, when it comes to though, you, you talk about Twitter and you talk about Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok have all been in this battle for reels and stories and trying to uh, steal what's good. Uh, but no one has really tried to be a Twitter. Why do you think that is the case? And Twitter doesn't seem to have anywhere near the active users that you see on Facebook and Instagram, uh, et cetera, as well. I think that Twitter's positioned itself in a particularly different way. A lot of the people that are on Twitter and use it are governments, our political officials, politicians, journalists, sort of other people in the media. And so it does create an outsized performance for a platform of its size, right? Like the things that get reported on, on Twitter and in the news more generally are things people are saying on Twitter and that gets picked up. And I think part of the reason of that too is there's a specific kind of cultural uh, value that Twitter brought. You know, people were using it as a direct mode of communication between themselves, high-powered officials, other things like that. You know, if I couldn't get in touch with a press shop or something like that at a congressperson's office, I might DM somebody on Twitter to get in touch with them and, and have a conversation. It really was kind of a way to link bridges like that. That's not to say it didn't come with a ton of different downsides, but it was less, you know, let's connect with your friends and, fam friends and family on here and more kind of, this is a real-time information apparatus and you're seeing a lot of people put valuable things into it. Yeah. And what's being degraded in this- And, case and it's interesting, of course, when we when we watched what happened uh, with Russia, it was a great place to be. Uh, and those breaking news moments. We are speaking with Ben Powers from The Messenger. When we come back, we're gonna talk, talk about some of the safety concerns involving Twitter as well. I'm Aaron Young, I'll see you in a moment. <laughs> 